into what we are, are, are continuing remembering, our Remembrance Day service, Remembrance Day sermon, if you will. And uh, uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and take them out or, or your phone or tonight or your iPad or anything. Uh, I'm going to have the address on the screen. I do not have the, the, many of the verses or at least our text verses on there tonight. And uh, for, not for any other particular reason other than um, I forgot to do it for you. And uh, so that's the way it goes. But it is a privilege to be here. Uh, it is an honor to be able to, um, I think, remember this service, remember today. It's one of my favorite days of the year. And um, a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, I, I'm the son of a veteran. Um, I, you know, I have two military sons, three military sons. One's in the current British Army and other two are out of the American Army. And uh, I've, been, I've been engulfed with it my entire life. And um, I'm a history guy, as you'll hear some of the things that I'm going to say this evening will tie into that. But it, I am thankful tonight. But remember, my philosophy on preaching is that it, that it, needs, to be, it needs to be biblical, okay? It needs to be practically applicable, and it needs to be eternally focused. All right, so biblically sound, practically applicable, and eternally focused. So even though we are at Remembrance Day service tonight, and that sermon uh, is going to go around the title that I've given it, The Cost of Victory. And guys, I realize I've preached on victory quite a bit this year. I know that's been kind of a theme. We came out of the shoot with the legacy, living a life worth leaving, and, and I believe that still ties into it. Um, but I believe there's too many Christians today living in defeat. Too many Christians living a defeated existence when you don't have to. You can have the victory because Christ has already given it to us. And, and I know I've hammered that point uh, for many, many, many months tonight. And, uh, but tonight we're going to go over the cost of victory. In 1940, one of the greatest speeches ever given, Sir Winston Churchill said, You ask what is our aim? I can answer it in one word, victory. He said, Victory at all costs, victory in spite of all terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be, for without victory here is no survival. And he's right. Without victory, there is no survival. So brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to present to you tonight, I want to ask you this question. What does victory mean to you? What is liberty, freedom, uh, what does it mean to you? It all comes and ties into the same thing in some way uh, or degree. Victory in itself for me, I can tell you what it means. And it does mean liberty. It means freedom to do what we're doing here tonight. It means having the ability to sit in church, uh, uh, church this evening without fear of governmental oppression. And that's what it means. It means that uh, have the, having a, the joy of walking to and fro to the shop without having to, to be frightened for your life. That's what victory means. It means freedom is, is, is a blessed gift from above, a gift that is protected by our great men and women in the armed services, uh, the, the, the entity of millions who have died, even, to, uh, even just gone home injured just to give us victory and liberty tonight. And Mr. Churchill said it correctly, victory at all costs, victory in spite of terror, victory however long and hard the road may be, for without victory there is no survival. And guys, there is nothing in this life that is truly worth to give us victory, freedom, and liberty to be protected that's not going to come with a cost. Anything that's worth doing is going to pay. You're going to pay a price. It's going to cost you blood, sweat, and tears. So I want us to think about these words tonight. I want us to think about the sacred honor and the red blood that was shed by men and women across our world and within our country to give us the freedom to be here tonight. Such freedom that is unknown throughout many places in the world. And I'm going to touch on that, hopefully in a brief testimony of time permits this evening to stand up in a free society, to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to assemble without fear of reprisal, without intimidation, without interrogation. This is the blessing that you and I enjoy. 
This is the blessing that we partake in. This is the blessing that we are granted and given by God, but protected through the lives of men and women of the armed forces. And I believe we should remember that tonight. Liberty is the one thing that we can't have unless we're willing to pass it down to others. Liberty is the result of victory, and victory is a product of standing upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, wait a second, hey, what do you mean that's what it means? Guys, we can have all the liberty, freedom in this world today, and at the end of our life, if we fail to have the victory in Christ, and we pass on into the other world, and into the underworld of the depths of hell, to pay for our own sin, when Jesus Christ has already done it, there is no victory in that. That is utter loss. As it is true that eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, so it is true that those who reap the blessings of freedom must, like all men and women, undergo the fatigues to support it. For those who came before us, young men and women who fought on the battlefields, for mothers who gave up their sons that they would see no longer, for fathers who had returned injured, they paid a price for freedom of which you and I reap today. Our society reaps it today, and we should never forget that at all. There is no man, no woman worth their weight in salt today who is not ready, to willing, uh, ready and willing to risk their life and their well-being to protect this great cause. Liberty is not uh, uh, descended upon people, but people must raise themselves up to take liberty and freedom. And it comes by way of victory. And it's a blessing, guys, that must be earned long before it can ever be enjoyed. Liberty ties the hearts of men and women together. However, when it dies, there is no constitution, there is no law, no court that can save it. The spirit of liberty is the spirit which seeks to understand the minds of other men and other women. The spirit of liberty remembers that not even the sparrow falls to the earth unheeded. The spirit of liberty and victory is the spirit of him uh, who nearly 2,000 years ago taught mankind this very lesson that mankind struggles to learn every day but not quite forgotten, he that is least among you, the same shall be great. So in 1 John in chapter 1 is where we're going to be, the very first epistle of John, not his gospel, but his epistle is right after 2 Peter. 1 John and in chapter 1, reading in verses 5 through 10, the Bible tells me this then is the message which we have, have, you have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light and as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Beloved, the topic of God that is so often overlooked today in our world today is found right here, not only in the opening epistle of John, but in his gospel as well. It is the fact that God is light. God is light. I mean, the, the indication of God's moral and intellectual perfection, and that is to say that he is intellectually perfect, perfect. The truth of his morality is found in his holiness. It is his holiness and truth that the Western civilization, guys, has been blessed with really and truly since our birth. No one here today had to run to a, to a basement this morning in order to read or, or to pray. No one here today had to travel through armed guards to be, in, or be inspected if they were carrying Bibles or other religious paraphernalia. 
No one today, not in Wales, not in England, not in America, uh, because of God's holiness, because of his truth, we are blessed with freedom that has been handed down from above all. We are blessed with the greatest military forces in history. And such a force, such a power has enabled you and I, whether we like it or not, whether someone agrees with it or not, it's enabled you to do exactly what you're doing now. It's enabled you to enjoy the liberty and freedom that you've been given right here in our country. And I believe it is the be- it's one of the greatest blessings beyond our wildest dreams. It should enable you to understand and to realize the light that God has given us is the light that has given us liberty. And within that liberty, guys, we have it this evening through victory, but there was a cost. In verse 5 this evening, the Bible tells us there, it says, uh, This then is the message we, uh, which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is able and in him is no darkness at all. And this is something I want us to think about here just for a second this evening. There's two major points, two major points that Jesus Christ preached. And this is the message, that he is light and in him is no darkness whatsoever. No darkness whatsoever. I remember when I was a little kid, and we were going to a Sunday school. We went to church on Sunday morning, and I was in this Sunday school class. And um, uh, Sister Paige, she was, our t- she was our Sunday school teacher. She was the pastor's wife. And I remember, and I was a young little kid, and she said, little Billy, go over there and turn, that, uh, turn the lights off. I said, okay. I really didn't want to turn the lights off because I didn't want to sit in the dark, to be honest with you. She said, turn the lights off. And I flipped all the lights off, and it went pitch black dark in there. And I heard this streak across that flint, the lighting of a, a wooden match. And as that little lady sat there with that wooden match in the midst of that darkened room, black as night, I watched that light just from that match lit engulf the darkness and illuminate the entire room. It was, it was an absolute amazing truth to me. I, I could not believe it. And she taught on that lesson that God is light. And that's what we need to come, uh, come to and understand tonight, that God is light. We need to understand that, his, uh, that he is light by nature and character. And within himself, he is light within his very being, his nature, his essence. I mean, everything that's about his character, God is light. Why? Because God dwells in glory. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 23 tells us, uh, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof. In Revelation 22, the Bible says, and there shall be no need, uh, no night there and there shall be no, can- neither, uh, sorry, they, they need no candle, uh, neither light for the sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Jesus is the light relating to us that God is holy, righteous, and pure. He is light. Jesus, the light, reveals us the nature and meaning and destiny of all things. Jesus Christ, the light, roots our path. He leads, guides, and directs the believer's walk. Jesus, the light, retreats the darkness. Jesus is the only light that can save mankind. There is no other. We also find out that in him there is no darkness. These are the truths, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness And beloved, the word darkness describes both the state and works of mankind. It is the symbol of evil, sin, and depravity. It is the epitome of everything life is not supposed to be. Darkness is man's ignorance, if you will. Man's vain thoughts and imaginations. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because that, when when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Darkness uh, is man living and walking outside of Jesus Christ. John chapter 8, verse 12. 
And then spake uh, Jesus again unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Darkness is man's blindness and stumbling through life. John 11, 9 and 10, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Lastly, we find that darkness is a man not seeing the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, For God, who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Man, I'm telling you right now that God is light. He's brought that light to us. That light is what's given us liberty tonight. It's that freedom that you and I have, and it's the victory that we enjoy every single day in our Christian life. And it comes by way of the face of Jesus Christ. I said all that to say this, guys. The defense of freedom is essential. Because God has prophesied of the enlargement that would occur in the world today and how he would command that light, that light to shine out of darkness, to pull people away from that darkened heart, to bring them under the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has given us the greatest opportunity in history of creation. The liberty inside his truth and the holiness of God. Because of this liberty, guys, we do not have to dwell in darkness. Beloved, I'm here to tell you tonight, if you remain in darkness in your life tonight, you are there solely by your own choice. You are there by your own choosing. You don't have to stay in the darkness of this world. You don't have to remain ignorant. You don't have to stumble through this life. You don't have to leave and live in defeat. You don't have to live in depression and disparity and darkness and all of these different things because God is light and in him there is no darkness. And he has given that to us this evening. Remember in him, guys, there is no darkness. Therefore, there is liberty in Jesus Christ. There is liberty in the life that we have today, and there's liberty in the life yet to come because he is light. If there is no light, there is no liberty. The Apostle John offers six implications. And before you think we're going to be incredibly long, we won't. There'll be what I call popcorn points. Six points tonight that we find that the uh, Apostle John gives us. Six implications to examine the need for salvation in the midst of God's truth and in the midst of his holy. The first thing that we see in his epistle tonight is his authenticity. We see this in verse six, whereas the Bible says there in verse six, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Now watch these next words. And do not the truth. Now the word do, that's an action word. All right, that means get up, go do something, amen? It's an action word. And it's a great misconception in today's world uh, that we see. It's a grave abuse of liberty in Christ. It's a, it's, a, it's a tragedy, if you will, in the victory that we have been granted for people not to do that which they should do, claiming they're in Christ but not walking in the light. Mankind must be authentic in his dealings with self and with salvation. The guys, listen, you can lie to everybody in the world today, but if you're lying to yourself this evening, you're doing yourself the greatest disservice in all the world. Mankind declares he can find God his way. You cannot. Mankind will believe that he can do it with his own mind. You cannot. Mankind believes that he can use his own words. It is not truthful. It is a lie, and it is not authentic tonight to the light that God has provided in our life. So therefore, secondly, we find an allowance. An allowance. Look at verse 7 with me. Uh, in your Bibles, the Bible says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And, and with the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. 
Jesus Christ said himself that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You have one access point, one allowance to get to God, one allowance for eternal salvation, one allowance for salvation, one allowance for that victory tonight, and that's through the light of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening, the victory that he's given us upon his cross. If you're going to walk in the light, you're going to have to do so with Jesus, no one else or nothing else. The liberty we have in our life tonight to present to a darkened soul that Jesus Christ faced the judgment for you and I. He suffered the punishment for you and I. He bore the condemnation for you and I. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed on the cross of Calvary for you and I personally. He had my name on his heart when they nailed his hands to that cross beam. He had my name on his heart when they put him up on that tree and dropped him down. He had my name on his heart when they mocked and spat on him. He had my name on his heart. Every lash on that scourge and every blood that was shared and every flesh that was ripped apart of his body, he had my name on his heart that day and yours as well because he died for all and he did it one time. Eight billion people plus in the world today and Jesus Christ knew every one of their names on the day of Calvary on the cross of Christ. We find there in verse 7 that it tells us that uh, in the latter part, it says, in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. Here's what I want you to get a hold of this evening. If you don't get anything out of this sermon tonight other than what I'm getting ready to tell you, make sure you get this point. That word cleanseth is a present tense. Words matter, by the way. Tenses matter. Language matters. Grammar matters. Amen. That word cleanseth is a present tense meaning. What it means, guys, is the blood of Jesus Christ is continually cleansing us from sin. If we are walking in the light of Jesus Christ, his blood is always cleansing us from our sin. If we walk and have fellowship with Jesus Christ, we are constantly confessing our sins, and he has forgiven them and cleansing them, and they are gone away, washed away from the remembrance of his entire body. We are living in open confession before Christ. The believers to walk in the fellowship with Christ all day long and every single day. This is the point I believe that is so often missed. Guys, he cannot remove, uh, you cannot remove your own sins from your past because Christ has already done it. You can't pay the penalty for your sins of the past because Christ has already done it. You must allow the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine into your heart for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ tells us, he says, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This liberty that we enjoy that was provided through his blood and has protected by the blood of many has been given us to wash us and cleanse us free. I mentioned this this morning, and I'll say it tonight. The Bible tells me that the devil, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he's standing before God night and day. And you know what he's doing, Sue, as he's standing before God? He's saying, look at what Sue did. Look at what Sue said. Look at, what, look at where Sue went. Look what Rachel did. Look what Tim did. And that's what he's doing over and over, perpetually accusing the brethren. Look at BJ. Look at Denise. Look at Rob. Look at, look at what they're doing down there. Look how they, they said those bad words. Look at where they stole. Look at all these things. That's what he's doing. God the Father, whose eyes are purer than our eyes, can't not look upon iniquity. You know what I said this. I said, I'm going to put it in the... And, uh, the ultimate Welsh slang. Hey, what's going on about? That's what God, God the Father looks down at the devil and he goes, what? What, what, what are you going on about? Why does he do that? Because God has cleansed those, right, those sins. He has cleansed us of all unrighteousness. And God the Father, because he's looking through the blood of the Son, can't even see the sins because they're separated from the, as far as the east is from the west. That's eternity to the west and eternity to the east. That's what my God has done. 
That's what we understand tonight as we begin to see the allowance that God has given. Thirdly, we find tonight, the third implication is there is an awareness. There must be an awareness. Look in verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Many today think they don't sin or they're not as bad as that person. Did you notice what the wording says? It doesn't say sins, plural, sin, singular. The sin spoken of here is from a root that is inside all of mankind. It is part of man's nature. It is the law, the principle, the force within man that souls must grasp a hold of that reality. And it comes from the fall of man when Adam sinned in the garden. The awareness is made available through the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ who said to the disciples, you are the light of the world and the city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The light is his light, not our light. In this light that will bring mankind to the awareness of sin and the dire need of salvation because of the awareness of their state in the end of days, this light will reveal in them the inadequacies in Christ's cleansing blood unto salvation. Mankind must, from that point forward, acknowledge. You must acknowledge. In verse 9, the Bible tells us if we confess our sins, I'll stop there for just a second, that word confess is a compound Greek word. You find it in Romans chapter 10, 9 as well. That word confess, is a, it simply means to acknowledge or to agree with. Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt um, confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart, okay, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord, you got, you got to agree with Jesus Christ that he is God. So it's an acknowledgement that we find. And here's the conditional word that is found here uh, in this um, Ninth verse of First uh, John chapter 1, that it says, uh, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The conditional word is, to, is if. What is the if? To forgive our sins. And it means to exonerate the guilt of sin. God justifies us by counting the death of Christ as our punishment. He, he exonerates us. It's as if we've never sinned before. He says to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means that he's cleansed us from all dirt, filth, and pollution, and condemnation, and contamination of sin. Because, because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross, you and I can stand guiltless tonight before God, as if you've never sinned. The final stage is an eternal reminder that we have the liberty to lead others into this very same fact, the very light of God we find that God is absolute. Now, there's some scientists who say there is nothing absolute in the world. There's other scientists who say everything is an absolute. And then there's those in the middle who don't know where to do anything at all. But I'm telling you tonight, God is absolute. Verse 10 tells us, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If we say we haven't sinned, we're calling God a liar. Now, watch this. In uh, Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. You know what God can't do? You say, wait a second, God's all powerful. He can do anything he wants to. He can do anything at all. You know one thing he can't do? He can't lie. He's bound by his book. He's bound by his word. He cannot lie. He is absolute truth and he is holiness. And yet when man says they have not sinned, when mankind justifies their wrongdoing, when mankind leads an unprioritized life before the light of God, they make him a liar of whom which he cannot. Many have been at this very lonely location, infringing upon the absolute of God's light and true holiness. But today, in the spirit of liberty, in the beauty of the light, thank God. Thank the Lord, guys. Thank the Lord for all the mistakes that we have made. And lastly, in the last, uh, the sixth implication this evening that we find, 
in 1 John is in the very next two verses, we have an advocate. Boy, don't you want an advocate? Don't you want, an, you want, don't you want somebody that's going on your behalf? Somebody that will testify for you? You ain't got to say a word, amen, when you got an advocate. You speak to that advocate, then he goes and he, he testifies for us. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness. And he is the propitiation. That means he's our go-between. He's our conduit. For our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. My friend, we have, listen, uh, you know, if we have abused liberty and shunned the light of God, we got a light with the Father who goes on our behalf. If we have taken for granted what the light has to offer, we have an advocate with the Father who goes on our behalf. If we have lived our life in disregard to Christ, we have an advocate with the Father, uh, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will go on our behalf. That is what we have tonight. That is why the liberty that we have been granted through the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, based on God's truthful and holiness and, and his existence, gives us the victory this evening. And the cost came from the, Christ, from the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the beauty of it, it is ours tonight. Churchill said, never in the field of human conflict was so many owed by so many, to, I mean, was, was so much owed by so many to so few. So I close with a very quote tonight that I opened up with from Churchill's speech in 1940. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs, victory in spite of all terror, victory however long and hard the road may be, for without victory there is no survival. Beloved, we have been given the victory tonight through Jesus Christ. He is what he, he has paid the ultimate price for us. He has given us eternal life. If we'll take it freely, we will honor it, love it, and cherish it. He paid the price for us, guys. That's the cost of victory. So let me leave you with this thought. We're going to have a closing song, some announcements, and we'll be done. You have the victory in your life tonight. You may not feel like it. I know there's some hard times going on in everyone's life. I get that. I understand it. That's, that's part of life. Ups and downs of life is part of it. It's what makes us stronger and what allows us to persevere, allows us to push forward and go through. And I get it. I understand it. There are some days, guys, that... that, that you just want the day to end. There are some days where everything seemingly goes wrong. I mean, from small things to large things, to everything in the middle, that my soul, you're just like, I just want this day over with. And those are the days that you got to stop. And you got to say, praise be to God for the light of the victory that you've already. I may not be feeling the victory right now, but you know what, guys? I'm going to say this, and please don't get upset with me. Your feelings don't matter, only the truth. What I feel doesn't matter. Guys, I preached so hard this morning. I preached myself into oblivion this morning. I had to sit down afterwards. I, had, I went home and I napped, did I not? I laid down in that little study and I tried to get my body back to where it needed to be. I don't know what the world, I don't know why, but I just did this morning. I gave it my all and I left it there. You say, well, preacher, did you feel like coming tonight? Man, I always feel like coming to church. You give me an opportunity to be in church seven days a week, I'm gonna be in church seven days a week. But there are days that are harder than others. Today is, today is one of them. But praise be to God. It doesn't matter whether I feel victorious or not. I am because of the truth of his word and his holiness. And I'm thankful for that tonight. If you're here tonight and you're a child of God and you're born again of the blood of Christ, you got the victory. You may not feel it at times, and there's times when you do feel it. But tonight, 
I'm asking you this. Are you having the victory in your life? What is victory to you? Victory to us is the freedom that Christ has given us. The fact that he is light and in him is no darkness. And I thank his holy name tonight for that. Will you bow your heads this evening? Father, thank you for who and what you are, for all you've done, for your many and much guiding grace. Thank you, Father, for your precious word. I ask you to lead us this evening in the way that we bring honor, glory, and praise to your name. And Father, I pray that as we bring a close to this day that, Lord, it wouldn't be the only time that we, number one, recognize and honor the shed blood on the cross of Calvary, which giveth us the victory and the triumph every day. Let us be mindful of that on a daily basis. But Lord, let us also be mindful of those who paid the ultimate price to protect this victory, to guard this liberty, to enable us in generations to come to benefit from the blessings bestowed upon us today through the sacrifice of many. We ask all of these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.